Welcome to the Awaken Podcast. We are so happy that you have decided to join us. Hopefully, you will find the next few minutes challenging and refreshing as we consider together how God is asking us to respond to His grace. If you are listening because you are unable to join us at our physical location, thank you for keeping in step with us, and we will look forward to seeing you in person next Sunday. If you are joining us from outside of Anchorage, then please drop us a line and let us know where you are listening in from. We would love the opportunity to connect with you. If you are exploring faith for the first time or just trying to figure out what Awaken is about, please don't hesitate to drop us a line and introduce yourself. We welcome any question you might have about life, the Christian faith, or Awaken Church. May God be with you as you listen. Uh, welcome if you're joining us online. It's great to have you with us. Uh, we have been going through the book of Acts and having fun discovering uh, what the early church experienced as they were experiencing God in an incredible new way. I'm going to make a statement here in just a second, and I want you to go ahead and experience this statement as you normally would, but I also want you to have sort of this out-of-body experience, and I want you to think about how you're experiencing the statement, and then I'm going to take a little survey. So, Ready? God is a Jew. Okay? Hopefully you've processed that just a little bit, enough to have an idea of how you feel about that statement. So, take a little survey. How many of you just thought, what? Kind of like a long, drawn-out, what? Okay. No idea what's going on today. Okay. How many of you thought, I'm pretty sure that's not technically correct in terms of historical orthodox theology, and I'm sure he's going to explain it, but I'm not on board with that. Okay. All right. Yeah. How many of you thought, uh, I really love Jewish people, and I think that's cool? One, okay, yeah, two, okay, okay, maybe, all right. How many of you, and I tried to be really honest with myself when I thought about this, how many of you thought like I did, I'm pretty sure Jesus is like 90% American, maybe 10% Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, well, we're going to read a, a passage here where the Apostle Paul claims that God is a Jew. And of course, the Apostle Paul is correct. And so uh, we're going to grapple with that a little bit, among other things. Uh, Romans chapter 9 and we're going to read the first five verses, and I know we're going through the book of Acts, but we are dealing with, in the book of Acts, this thing of Gentile inclusion into the church, which is not really a big deal to us today, because most of us are Gentiles, I think, probably in this room, and we felt like we've kind of moved past that. It was 2,000 years ago, and it's kind of old news. Uh, but there are some very important things to understand for us, and there are some very important things for us to uh, respond to in uh, the mix of this story. So, 
Romans chapter 9, verse 1. Uh, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Rome. And we know that the Apostle Paul has been called by God to be the apostle to the Gentiles. His role as an apostle is specifically to work with the Gentile situation, okay? So, hopefully that gives you enough background to uh, get a sense of what's behind what Paul writes here. With Christ as my witness, I speak with other truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. Paul was Jewish to the extreme, if you remember. He says, I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. They are the people of Israel, chosen to be God's adopted children. God revealed his glory to them. He made covenants with them and gave them his law. He gave them the privilege of worshiping him and receiving his wonderful promises. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are their ancestors, and Christ himself was an Israelite as far as his human nature is concerned. And he is God, the one who rules over everything and is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Did you catch in there where Paul makes the claim that God is Jewish? Well, you might be thinking to yourself, this message really isn't for me today because I'm not Jewish. Well, one of the points that I'm going to be making is welcome to the sideshow. Welcome to the sideshow. And this is not a comfortable position for us to be in. Because we, even though we say we don't like the limelight, like some of you, uh, or the spotlight, some of you uh, feel like you have personalities where you don't want to be in the spotlight, but the reality is we all like being in the spotlight. Okay? We can talk about that afterwards if you want to have an argument about it. We get a sense here of the passion that the Apostle Paul has for his people. Uh, we get... Also, this really clear teaching about God not being done with the Jewish people. God has not moved on from the Jewish people. God has been telling a story from the very beginning, and he is going to continue to tell that story. How important do you think government is in our lives? Scale of 1 to 10. Like, think about... Uh, you know, sort of what you think about during the day a lot. Is government important? Can we say government is important? Pretty high level. Maybe we don't want to give it a level 10, uh, but uh, when government is getting it wrong, people's lives are really messed up, right? And when government is getting it right, People's lives are blessed in extraordinary, extraordinary ways. So this, I, this thing, the government, is, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. What about nationhood? Is that a big deal? 
I mean, where did nations come from, do you think? Was that a human convention, do you think? The scriptures would say otherwise, that this was by God's design that we would be divided into nations. Because God is trying to tell a story about himself. He's trying to help us understand who he is. He's trying to reveal his character and his nature to us until he is telling this story. And one of the ways he's telling that story is through governments and through nations. And one of the things that God has done, the primary thing that God has done in all of this is to raise up a particular nation to exemplify what it ought to look like when things are done right on a governmental and on a national level. There's a lot to that. Uh, We're going to focus on Gentiles and the Jewish story within the church. So we're going to skip chapter 9. Essentially, uh, well, we didn't skip it completely. We introed it. And uh, how many of you did your homework? I asked you to read Romans 9, 10, and 11. You guys are not very good students. All right, well, let that be a lesson to you for next time. Chapter 9 really is Paul defending God's perfection in having chosen a particular nation. Because people get bothered about favoritism. Did you know that? Uh, Maybe as a child, if you had siblings, you were really worried about this. And you kept your parents accountable. Uh, You made sure that there was no favoritism happening, right? Right? Anyways, Paul is defending that God as a perfect and all-wise God is able to show favoritism where he deems it best. Okay, so that's chapter 9. That's my summary. Uh, We're going to go to chapter 10, and starting in verse 1. Paul says, Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. Um, Just a quick sort of aside. Do we have a longing in our heart for our nation? For our people? Do we have a longing, an intense desire for the people around us, our coworkers, our friends, our families, for our people to be saved? like a deep longing. One of the things the Apostle Paul describes is that he wrestles in prayer for people. Are we wrestling in prayer for them? Are we taking advantage of every opportunity that we have to ask questions that lead into spiritual conversations? Are we taking advantage of every opportunity we have to serve and to love the people around us in an authentic manner? Are we challenging other people's worldviews? Are we introducing truth into their lives? Verse 2, I know what enthusiasm they, they being the Jews, have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. 
Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to, cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. And this is really the issue that the Apostle Paul is dealing with in so many of his letters. So a lot of the New Testament is really about this issue. This is the background of the issue because, well, the enemy is always trying to get us to earn our way to heaven. The enemy is always trying to get us to satisfy God by doing right things. Because it is in that that we can gain pride. Right? It is in that thing of being good that we can come to a place of prejudice towards others. It is from that place of good moral judgment that we are able to look and judge people who have bad moral judgment. And in all of those things, the enemy has won. And the message has been lost. And so the Apostle Paul is fighting and fighting and fighting so many of his letters, one after another, in his personal ministry, in his interaction with the other apostles. Paul is fighting for this message to be clearly known, that God has a way of coming to him that has nothing to do with moral perfection. But the Jewish people are clinging onto it because they have come to love that way because they have come to a place of being able to reach a little higher level than the other nations around them, and so they are able to be prideful. They are able to have prejudice. They are able to use their privilege of being close to God to keep other people away from God. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. Now this is the part where I'm just going to start reading through Romans 10. Okay? For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all its commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth. And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about the faith that we preach. How many of you just zoned out? You got lost right there. Okay? It's okay to do while you're reading Scripture, as long as you go back and try to figure out what it's actually meaning. If you have a Bible with footnotes, you'll notice that there's a reference to a passage in Deuteronomy. And if you go back to Deuteronomy, you'll notice that what is being described there is God is trying to tell the people of Israel... This is not difficult to understand. It's difficult to execute. But understanding it, getting it, simple. Not difficult. Love the Lord your God right, with all of your heart all of your mind, with all of your strength, you know, with your whole being, simple. Right? Jesus comes, he's teaching, 
The Pharisees, the Jewish culture is trying to get him to dive into different nuances to get him to be in a certain theological or doctrinal camp. Jesus refuses. He just keeps bringing it back to the simple thing that God is calling us to do. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you will just love your neighbor as yourself, you will literally get everything else right. right? Everything else falls into place. Just that one thing. That's why we call it what? The, the golden rule. The golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Sorry, I confused you there a little bit. They both mean the same thing. <clears throat> Here's the clear message. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And he's quoting Old Testament scripture. He's trying to say the story has not changed. It's very simple. God desires your loyalty and your trust. He will take care of your righteousness. God desires your loyalty and your trust. He will manage the righteousness piece. He's managed it quite well, by the way. So, stop worrying about your righteousness in terms of trying to earn your way closer to, to God and just worry about loyalty and trust, trusting him primarily to secure your righteousness and to work righteousness into your life as you are loyal to him and as you trust him. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Now, to date, I have never had somebody at church tell me that I have beautiful feet. So I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. What do, you, what do you think? Beautiful. Yeah. He might not like your feet. Mine are beautiful, though. Some of you are really disgusted right now. <laughs> Did you know that we are all called to this thing of presenting the good news of Jesus to the world? Each and every one of us. So you too can have beautiful feet. I'm going to put my shoes back on. <laughs> it is a big deal to present the gospel. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. 
It is such a big deal that he goes into poetry, like quoting Old Testament poetry, like, you know, this person's feet are beautiful. You know, it's like when somebody tells Jesus, bless the mother that bore you. Right? It's like, it's, it's, we're trying to get poetic and be, you know, exaggerating and, and trying to describe in some way how incredible it is to share the good news of Jesus. And we have all been called into the priesthood whose ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. Did you know that's why you're in your workplace? Did you know that's why God has placed you in your particular set of friends? In your particular workplace? Did you know that God is the great designer and he does not make mistakes with his design? And when we try to screw it up, he says, oh yeah, I can work with that. He's also the redesigner. And he'll just keep redesigning and redesigning until things work out perfectly to advance his purpose. And his purpose is that the world would know the good news of Jesus Christ. And so you are placed very specifically where you are at by the great designer to show off your beautiful feet, to be a witness to who Christ is. Verse 16, but not everyone welcomes the good news, for Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. But I ask, have the people of Israel actually heard the message? Yes, they have. Again, he quotes the Old Testament. The message has gone throughout the earth and the words to all the world. But I ask, did the people of Israel really understand? Yes, they did. For even in the time of Moses, God said, I will rouse your jealousy through a people who are not even a nation. I will provoke your anger through the foolish Gentiles. Now you know how the Bible sometimes references Gentiles. That's most of us here in this room, right? And later Isaiah spoke boldly for God, saying, I was found by a people who were not looking for me. I showed myself to those who were not asking for me. But regarding Israel, God said, All day long I opened my arms to them, but they were disobedient and rebellious. This is where Paul is saying, Welcome to the sideshow. This is so much about God. It's all about God, but so much of this is a story about God's relationship with the nation of Israel. And we are, we being Gentiles, as far as I know, I'm not part Jewish, but I haven't done the Ancestry.com thing myself, so who knows? But we're a sideshow. And as an American, that hurts my pride a little bit. But that's, that's the reality. I ask then, has God rejected his own people the nation of Israel, of course not. I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. No, God has not rejected his own people whom he chose from the very beginning. Do you realize what the scriptures say about this? Elijah the prophet complained to God about the people of Israel and said, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And do you remember God's reply 
He said, no, I have 7,000 others who have not bowed down to Baal. It is the same today. For a few of the people of Israel have remained faithful, faithful because of God's grace, his undeserved kindness in choosing them. And since it is through God's kindness, then it is not by their good works. For in that case, God's grace would not be what it really is, free and undeserved. I don't know if you notice this, but Paul keeps hitting on that. It's almost like it's a really big issue. So this is the situation. Most of the people of Israel have not found favor, the favor of God they are looking for so earnestly. A few have. The ones God has chosen. One point for the Calvinist. But the hearts of the rest were hardened. As the scriptures say, God has put them into a deep sleep to this day has shut their eyes so they do not see and close their hearts so they do not hear. Likewise, David said, let their bountiful table become a snare, a trap that makes them think all is well. Let their blessings cause them to stumble and let them get what they deserve. Let their eyes go blind so they cannot see and let their backs be bent forever. Whew. Who wants to be Jewish now? So, if you're not following along, now's the moment to catch up. God is saying, I gave the, the Jewish people, I gave the Israelite nation every opportunity. Every opportunity. And some of them got it. Some of them refused to bow to Baal. Some of them, they got it right. Most of them did not. Most of them entered into pagan idolatry. Most of them went the way of culture. Most of them went the way of the world. Most of them entered into all sorts of pagan revelry, child sacrifice, and so on. Most of them did. Because of what most of them did, I'm removing their privilege for a certain amount of time. And in order to really convict them of what they should have grasped, in order to really drive home this story, I'm going to offer the gift of salvation to the Gentiles, which was really the original purpose of the Jewish people, right? To bless all the nations of the world. So God is saying, I am going to take away from you your purpose for a period of time. And I am going to exercise that purpose independently of the Jewish nation. <clears throat> Did God's people stumble and fail beyond recovery? Of course not. They were disobedient, so God made salvation available to the Gentiles, but he wanted his own people to become jealous and claim it for themselves. Now if the Gentiles were enriched because of the people of Israel turned down God's offer of salvation, then how much greater a blessing the world will share when they finally accept it. So Paul is saying, this Gentile thing's pretty cool. Pretty awesome that God is doing this thing. 
But God's real plan is to work through the nation of Israel to present the good news of Jesus Christ. And when that happens, wow, that's going to be incredible. I'm saying all this, especially for you Gentiles. So this is actually written to the Gentile church. Paul is trying to get Gentiles to understand what's going on. God has appointed me as apostle to the Gentiles. I stress this, for I want someone to make the people of Israel jealous of what you Gentiles have, so I might save some. This is an echo of 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 22, right? I do all things by, so that by... I become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. For since the rejection meant that God offered salvation to the rest of the world, their acceptance will be even more wonderful. It will be life for those who were dead. And since Abraham and the other patriarchs were holy, their descendants will also be holy, just as the entire batch of dough is holy, because the portion given as an offering is holy. For if the roots of the tree are holy, the branches will be too. But some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel, have been broken off. And you Gentiles, who were branches from a wild olive tree, have been grafted in. So now you also receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. You must not brag about being gifted or grafted in to replace the branches that were broken off. You are just a branch, not the root. Um, again, welcome to the sideshow. Well, you may say those branches were broken off to make room for me. You see, Paul knows spiritual pride well. He's seen it. He's lived it. He knows spiritual prejudice from a mile away. He can smell it like a... I was going to say like a rat. Does that make sense? I don't know. Like something that has great smell. I don't know. He's got this pegged. And so now he's warning the Gentile people. Ooh, calm down here. Just relax. Remember, you weren't at the beginning of the story. There's this thing where God made a covenant with Abraham. Kind of a big deal. Never went away. Still there. Maybe it's an opportunity for us to consider whether or not we have some spiritual prejudice. We talked, to, talked about this two weeks ago, right? Whether or not we're using our spiritual privilege in some way that we ought not. Verse 22, notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe toward those who disobey, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, you will also be cut off. Branch is not secure. Chalk one up for the Armenians. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you probably don't want to ask. Verse 25, I'm going to skip down. I want you to understand this mystery, dear brothers and sisters, so that you will not feel proud about yourselves. Some of the people of Israel have hard hearts, but this will only last until the full number of Gentiles comes to Christ. 
Well, isn't that interesting? God has a number in mind. God has a number in mind. And this doesn't seem quite fair that God would have a particular number in mind. But we need to go back to Romans chapter 9, don't we? And we need to think about how God is perfect in his sovereignty and work through that again. Um, At this point, as I was reading through all this, I just stopped and thought, okay, there's a big story going on. I don't know, has anybody ever had the opportunity to look through a telescope? See stuff way out there? There is just like a huge story going on in the universe. And we get like a glimpse of it here. We get this very small understanding of what's going on. And one of the things we do as human beings is when we discover some piece of information, we think we really get the whole thing. Right? Uh, Sometimes we call this, we call some people quick learners. Right? Because they... They see it once, oh yeah, I got it. And they can go and, and they, can, they can kind of do it. Uh, we, we're kind of like that. We get a little piece and we think, yeah, oh, yep, I can definitely see the whole picture. And one of the things the Apostle Paul is trying to say is, <laughs> you're not seeing the whole picture. You can't see the whole picture. There is this plan that the designer, the creator of the universe has that we just have some glimpses of. We just have these small, small glimpses of. And your role in the universe is to enjoy God unfolding his plan piece by piece by piece. And to trust that his plan is perfect and his plan is good. To trust it in God having a set number of Gentiles that he is waiting to come in, to trust that that is the perfect number, that God has done every possible thing he can to maintain a free will decision and also bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So, once again, I think I mentioned this to somebody just in casual conversation uh, this morning, but... In Christianity, there is a lot of trusting going on. We're pretty much always called back to this place of trusting in God. Um, This last week, on Thursday, uh, my wife and I went down with my oldest daughter, who we're dropping her off at college, uh, George Fox University, if anybody is familiar with that. Uh, But uh, we dropped her off there. And I have not been looking forward to this moment. Uh, in my life, because uh, I have been able to protect my daughter uh, very personally for the last 19 years. Uh, For example, if she calls and says, hey, I ran off the road in the ditch, I can be there pretty quick. Not going to tell you how quick, but pretty quick. Um, It was a, a difficult time uh, for, well, Heidi's down there now. She's probably bawling her eyes out right now. But uh, a very difficult thing for us to do. 
Uh, but one of the things God has done in the last few days is remind me that he is Jehovah Jireh. I think we maybe sang a song about that earlier. He's reminded me that he's actually a, a much better father than I am. Uh, he's reminded me that his plan for my daughter's life is so much better than my plan for her life. He just, he just kept one-upping me, right? It's like, no, nah, actually, I'm better at that. I, I got that covered. Actually, Levi, why don't you just be a human and let me be God? Because that's what I do best. Why don't you do what you do best? Just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. I've got this. So, it's hard to come up with a way to apply the Gentile inclusion into the church. I think that's it. I think it's for us to sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. To know that God's heart is for us, not against us, right? That's the lie of the enemy. God is for us, and he is not against us. He is also very much for the Jewish people, and always has been, even though he's taken them through some incredibly difficult times. And even though he will take us through some very difficult times, God is for us. His plan is perfect. He is the Lord who provides. Now, Lonnie, I'll defer to you on this since you're sitting right here and just ask you, is it okay if while a white guy's preaching, if people say, I needed that? I <laughs> so the Lord will provide. I needed that. I needed that. I needed that. They need more training. You're up next week. They need more training. Yeah. If you would please stand. Uh, let's pray together. Father, we pray that he would help us with any spiritual pride that we might have. Uh, we've been doing church now for 2,000 years, and I'm sure we think we've got the corner in the market. So, Father, remind us that we are a part of your story and help us to walk humbly before our Lord and God. Thank you for your salvation and for tying for everyone. Father, help us to spread this good news. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would please stand. From Romans 15, 5 and 6. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, thank you guys so much. Have a fabulous week. We'll see you next week, if not before. Thank you again for listening. It is a joy to be able to share God's truth with you. Hopefully you found this teaching helpful to your understanding of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's world. And hopefully you are inspired to take a further step of faith. 
please let us know how we can be praying for you as you continue your journey. If you live in the Anchorage area, you are welcome to join us any Sunday. And we have an Awaken 101 event every six weeks, and this is also a great way to find out more about our church. Please sign up for that event by going to the events tab at our website, awakenalaska.com, and looking for Awaken 101. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends, and we will see you next week.